Okay, I hope you're enjoying the Radical Wellness Collaborative series. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, please go back, do yourself a favor, listen to my long intro, <laughs> okay? Because it's the overview, it's, it's like the whole landscape, and then we zoom in on the specific features. Okay, so I want you to hear the entire heart and the, I, the idea, the impetus, and the actual workings of, of who, what, where, why Radical Wellness Collaborative exists. Last week's conversation with Katie Hayden was about radical motherhood, radical parenting, um, how and what it feels like to actually be in the thing. Whether or not you are a parent, I hope you listen, because we were at, on some level parented and are parenting ourselves currently. Okay? So may that conversation uh, meet you where you are at, whether you are literally parenting or whether you are um, psychologically parenting yourself. Okay? This week's combo, coming in hot, my friend Bonnie Lewis. Bonnie is the kind of person where every conversation I have with her is magic. I, I send her voice memos, and you're going to hear it in the episode, actually. And then she was trying to pretend that it wasn't me, so that way I wasn't embarrassed. And I was like, girl, <laughs> just it's okay. It was me. I asked you that question. Bonnie is brilliant, humble, magical, powerful. Our conversation, you just kind of get dropped straight in. It's, um, we're talking and I'm like, Bonnie, we need, to, we need this to capture this right now. And so a lot of the conversations that you're gonna hear with the women on my team, um, this is what it sounds like when we talk together, get together, can move together, conceive of things together. And so I want you to uh, just to listen, observe, witness what this conversation brings up in you. What does it disrupt? What does it confirm? Where do you, uh, like, ooh, I don't know about that, or I want to know more about that. Just pay attention to your experience. That's the whole point. That's the beauty of podcasts is uh, you get to decide. Okay, without further ado, may you enjoy so fully this conversation, Bonnie Lewis. Um. I always feel weird when people, like I had a client today come in and say, like, I found you because I listened to Elisa's podcast. And I always I think, that. oh, my gosh, I was so different then. Yeah. And I approach things then, so differently now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm literally open to doing however you want to do it. Probably. Why don't we just start with okay. that? Yeah. So, how long ago was that? Two I years? think it's just over two. Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. So two years ago, we had a conversation slash live interview where I was like, basically just show me <laughs> what's <laughs> show me a different way to be spiritual, please. <laughs> it was so nerve wracking because it was just you, but it was also everybody else in the room. Right. And it was like, oh my goodness. Mm. And I think at that time I was fresh out of a pastoral role, which is so different, right? A pastoral role should be um, sort of like guiding people and allowing people to find their own faith, evolving into who they are and who God is to them. Um, but it often isn't. It's often, mm. let's do all of those things, but in the direction of these boxes. And that's acceptable, right? So I was 
always found myself, if, if it wasn't even in a pastoral role, in a world in which we are deconstructing, but at least still in sort of some set of boxes, right? So everything, all of my experience, all of my clients, all of my own work had always been done within that sort of safe zone of spirituality mm. and deconstructing. Um, and then since then, I've evolved. And then because of that, I've had more clients come that are so different, that aren't interested in deconstructing into boxes and expansive deconstructing or new spirituality, new building and reconstructing. So it's my approach is so different than it ever was. So tell me how, what would you say you do here? <laughs> what is I, because it's like, right? It is, it is like that. And it's so funny because when I'm trying to explain it, I'm like, it's this and it's that, and it's a little bit of glitter thrown in. Um, a hundred, right? So it's funny. So a lot of people, they often, I was laugh. They think they're coming to me for something, right? They're like, I, I want to rebuild my, my spiritual practice. And so I sort of look at that um, as really just this space of possibility. So we often start mm -hmm. talking about spirituality. Let's leave behind that, which doesn't serve us. Let's rename a bunch of things that are carrying stories that don't fit anymore, whether it be with us or how we talk about God. Let's put in new ritual. Um, if, if, you, if there was a pond, if our spirituality was a pond and I'm going to throw a rock in it, I'm going to create a splash and then there's going to be a ripple effect. So our first thing we usually do is throw that rock in it, create this splash, sort of disrupt what's at the bottom and let it surface to the top. But then we end up talking about all these other areas of life. Well, now that my spirituality's changed, it's making me think about who I am as a mom, what my job is. Do I even want that job? Do I even want my mm. name I have, right? Like that's been <laughs> soon too. So it's like, they, it's, I love it because we meet at a spot of, I'm ready for some sort of change. And then we just continually get to journey together through all these different ripples through all these different other areas of life because everything yeah. really is spiritual. So I, I think I used mm -hmm. to really uh, approach things in silos. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 it's so much more holistic. <laughs> it's so real. Would, um, when people come to Radical Wellness, we talk to them about who we are, what we do, what's available. And there is like, people can be confused too about what a, a person who works with spirituality, a person who works with creativity, like, what is that? Um, and I kind of like that it can't be named. I kind of like that. It's like, well, how, how would you explain light refracting through water? I mean, you just because you call it a rainbow doesn't mean you understand it. Exactly. So <laughs> there's when we do the intake process. So when people come through and we are hearing from them about what's what's been hurt, what's not been nourished, what's missing, or what's been directly injured, or what um, what are you curious about? 
that space is is a little bit different to try to explain to people no this is going to serve your whole piece and so people are more familiar with therapy even though there's a lot of stigma around it they're like oh yeah okay well yeah i have to go see my therapist whatever um and what if the way to my whole self was just cultivating creativity which is me stepping further into who i am and I thought it was actually looking at my mother wound, but I did that through this other way. Yeah, it's like a, a secret, it's that little tiny door in the garden, and then you open it up, and you're like, oh, I didn't know this. Um, I think the most beautiful work I get to do, and that no matter the entrance point, I always feel like this is, at some point, every client meets in this central point of conversion, which is, what if I realized I myself was divine, but there was something in me that was holy and good. And that's the crux of it. And I get emotional even saying it because we were, so many of us were just taught we were bad. We were terrible. We need fixing that these things have happened because of something we've done. And then therefore going forward is terrifying, right? It's even mm. if we can heal, I, I don't want this past to repeat itself. And so we often get to a point in all of our conversations in which it's, is it enough to be you? Are you good enough? Do you see the divine in you? And so that is work that I think comes with, I, I've never met anybody, including myself, that when confronted with that idea, isn't totally taken aback. Right? We, we easily see the divine in other people and things, but we rarely see it within ourselves. And so to see it and then to cultivate it and to step into it mm -hmm. is the joy of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I would even say that even farther back than that. I don't know that people know how to name the divine when they yeah. see it. I think that they are used to calling it other things because even to call it divine would feel too large. Mm. And yeah, well, think about like our, think about before whatever your entry point was into spirituality or religion or otherwise, um, to say that there is divine within me, divine within you is a large leap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> until it's, until it's the most obvious thing in the room. <laughs> yes. So that is part of it too. And like, we sometimes get through even spirituality because of uh, career counseling or creativity and that we are used to that the divine are these universal principles that everything that's holy and sacred is these big huge things um and so a lot of the work we do is like well what if that's actually the particulars what, what if it's the tiniest mm -hmm. things the entryways to holiness that are the smallest things that are right before our very eyes wouldn't even know and so mm -hmm. being able to experience the depth of life and entering opening the door for people to step through in their own existence um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was really neat. And, you know, that's what actually gave birth to that, to our, the divine feminine class I do. So we do this whole class on the divine feminine and the sacred feminine. And it started out as how can we look at God as female? And then I started like diving in and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's this whole big thing that if I follow the thread in far enough into the divine as female and as male and like the history of it and my experience of it, uh, I will eventually find myself. 
and then I get to take her out with me again. And so this amazing class that we get to do. And it's so fun because every time I do it, I learn something new. So like the people that took it from the first time, like two years ago, uh, the class now is so different. And so um, that's the beauty of it is that it always gets to evolve and flow and be different than it was the time before. Okay. So I, I make up a bit of a story about the people who listen to this podcast. Some of them are still like, um, uh, like church going, God fearing people. And some people are, have never been and don't ever want to be those people. And some people are, you know, maybe a little deconstructed or totally deconstructed or don't give a shit about shit anymore. And so, you know, there, there's just like this giant, beautiful spectrum of, um, of listenership. Yeah. Now in that, regardless of where we come from, we rarely hear the idea that the divine is feminine. Mm -hmm. So I'm imagining that what you just talked about as a very normal part of your job is either disruptive um, or interesting or taboo or and yeah. or all of that, the above. So for people that are maybe confronted by the idea of a feminine, uh, feminine God or feminine aspects of God, can you say yes. more? Um, so I think even, even saying divine is feminine or God is feminine is already we put God into a box where God does not belong. So like we're already there. Um, the problem is that, and we go through this right in our class and you've taken the class so you can add, you can add it. Um, I need my own episode on what I've taken from your class because every, all I do now is say, so I took this to find feminine class. Everyone's like, we know, okay, great. we heard you. I know. I'm like, no, but just have a seat. <laughs> um, but so we, we have lived forever in this society that is patterned after the patriarchy. Okay. And when I say that, when I say pattern of patriarchy, I'm not tying this to the male gender. Um, I am talking about a social system in which everything sort of, if we can borrow here from scripture, lived and moved and had its being. It, it's true, right? Mm -hmm. um, since the dawn of time, actually, one of the things I talked about this time, which you didn't get in yours, which was that um, they actually believe it started to form when agriculture started to form. As people began having land and were able to grow things, suddenly now we have a hierarchy in place. I have more crops than you have. I have something that you need. And this places me on top of the totem pole. And with that though, I have a wife, but that wife sometimes needs to be taken care of because she is pregnant or she is giving birth. And now I have children. And so it sort of naturally set up this system. But then as we evolved as a society and more things sort of got attached to that hierarchy of empire of things we could have and things we needed, um, we started giving those people on top more rights, more opportunities than everybody else. And so then we evolved into the system in which now we have the definition of patriarchy, which is father rule. So it's been tied to the men, but it's a pattern. It's a pattern of society. I've made that pattern personal. You've made that pattern personal. Everybody has, because it's the way in which we find, have been taught to find success, to find meaning, to find value, to get opportunity, right? It's to how to survive basically one-on-one. 
Mm. So a part of the work that we do is going, we have to see that there's a way in which we've also talked about God that patterns that same patriarchal pattern. And our way out is to like, let the pendulum swing a bit and see these feminine aspects that it isn't just, um, masculine, the way that we talk about God and the energy in which we should approach God or our lives or success or opportunity. Uh, but we also have to come back in and round out the edges with almost this matriarchal presence, a sacred feminine presence. And so the, with that, what we have to do is what I always talk about, which is turn the gym, right? We have to lift everything we know up, whether it be our Bibles, whether it be God, um, spirit, the divine, wh whatever it is that you categorize as spiritual and lift it up into the light. If it was a gem, um, and you lift it up into the light and it, the light shone through one side and then illuminated something on the other side, most likely all of us have only kept the gem in that same spot. So it's illuminated one aspect, one thing, one representation of God. If we can learn to rotate that gem in the light, then the light hits these other facets of it, which shines light on a totally new aspect. So in that we see God as masculine, God as feminine, God as fill in the blank. The purpose of the class, the purpose of even going through this is to understand that our experience has everything to do with how we see God and how we relate to God, mm. not just what we've been told to experience. So part of turning the gem is, but I experience God as this. So our first door in is to say, this is how you've been shown about God. This is the part you weren't shown. And then the third step is the third turning is, but what have you seen? Mm. I'm going back through, all, through every slide you showed me in your class. Um, if, if for people who just want to skip right to the punchline, um, and I hope that that will eventually be everybody, the class that Bonnie teaches is uh, deeply transformative because patterning is everywhere. And so um, some of us have a direct correlation when we say God, people think literally like um, Jesus. But all the other lowercase g's that we have made um, into God, money, sex, food, friendship, um, body image, um, relationships, whatever it is that we have said is this way. There's patterned, deeply redded patterns in there. And this experience of kind of entering in, turning the gem and understanding what is a pattern we have received? What is the pattern that we then perpetuate? And what is the pattern that we actually want to um, participate mm -hmm. with. And is a, it's to me, it's when you say everything's spiritual, that was my experience in your class was every single thing we did was not just within the limited box that we would say is spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's everything. It's, it's, it's every single yeah. thing. It touches it all. Mm -hmm. It's it, if we yes. let it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, which to me like opens up, um, it, for me, it's like, it's the answer. So when I think about what happened when we began, and I say we as like, is in the human race, to separate what is holy from what is profane, mm -hmm. from what is human for, then to what is divine, then we began to put, separate these categories. Mm -hmm. So then there is the temple, right? Or the church or the place or the priest or the person who knows the things. And then there's the rest right. of us. And, and when we did that and lived that through, then we began to centralize power. Yeah. 
oh, this is where the holy things happen. Yeah. But like in, in the, the truth and the history that has always been there is that it, when you say the divine is in all of us, that all of a sudden power is disseminated, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Holiness is disseminated and it's, and it's everywhere all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way that we get to, um, there's no other category anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the, it's the saving of the self of, of, oh, that, that was enough that I did that today only. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that. My neighbor is, is just as holy as I am. It's just, it's the thing that we are always taught to do and we never have tools to do it. <laughs> right. It's the, um, no, everyone's accepted except those people really weren't. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. so it's this, it's this, the great equalizer of power. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's good. And you know, it's, um, so normally only women join the class, right? It's like, oh yeah, of course, sacred feminine, I'm in. Uh, so this time we've been doing a round of men. Um, and it's been such a beautiful experience for me too. Um, to hear the seat they sit in, right? And so that's another disruption of power, right? Is me coming in, assuming they're thinking these certain things and they, they're assuming I'm thinking these certain things and to hear the real story play out and to go, oh, it, it takes this feeling of uh, anger of how I've been hurt it, and it, it goes, oh no, that was pattern, right? And so it, mm-hmm. it helps me forgive people earlier in my life and, you know, forgive these stories that I've been told. Um, and then to mm. be able to share, uh, just so you know, what it feels like in my seat is this and have someone listening. It's, it's such a, a healing experience. I think for all of us, because even when it is just women and we all get to sit there and we commiserate on stories and we each have a different story, but we've all felt the same. Mm-hmm. So to have someone else say, yeah, it's me too. Um, there's something very, very healing about that that I don't think yeah. you can get. Yeah. It's it's just different than a one-on-one, I think, in the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, right? Because it's it widens our experience. So that you're right. The difference between a one-on-one and a group is that um, I'm not limited to the the things that I have known. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get to, and and I think one-on-one work is in, can can be intimidating, especially in a spiritual sense. Right. We are very used to being graded totally. on our spirituality. So a lot of times <laughs> in a session, people will ask me a question and then I will turn that question back on them. Right. So, uh, like if someone were to like, um, we had this conversation about someone saying, how, how did the church ever blow up? How did it get so big and so important? Right. Oh, stop it. You can say it was me. I, 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 it was me. And I voice memoed you this question because I asked you all my questions and I'm like, Hey, how in the world, I think my, it literally was like, how in the world did Christianity blow up to be as big as it is? What in the actual, and then you said, well, at least my question would be, how did it blow up in you? Like, how did it, right? So that's the answer of like the particular actually points to the universal. So your story is actually the story. It's so in a one-on-one though, totally. when that happens, this terrified look of, will yeah. I get banished? <laughs> it's terrifying. So the yeah. divine feminine class is such a good door in for those that are wondering, yeah, right? Is. Cause it opens up all these questions, but it totally, I also think it takes everything that you think spiritual direction 
is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's is. like, oh, wait, that yes. was not at all <laughs> what I expected it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love that. That's my favorite seat for people is I, I had no idea that it was going to be, I didn't know it was, could be like this. I didn't know I could be like this. I didn't know we could be like yeah. this, right? All of a sudden it's like, it's quantum potential. The door just opens wider and wider and wider for us. Well, cause even you said, I wanted to take this class for a long time, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't ready for it to disrupt this, 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 but mm-hmm. e- even knowing what you know, and even sitting in your seat, would you say now that it was what you thought it would be? Or was it more tender and more expansive and more? Without a doubt. I mean, you already, you've already led with some of this, so I'm not, I'm not spilling all the tea, but um, to accurately understand patriarchy is really crucial because it's become a t-shirt, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. like, like the, like, you know, what today we take, we, whatever, we dismantle the patriarchy, all that, there are cute slogans, but we've lost meaning. And so understanding that the patriarchy is not male, man, gender, penis, right. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's not all the things that we've been told and sold that it is. And so when we, when, when people in society are raising a common enemy, mm-hmm. excuse me, a common, they've pointed to a common enemy. So they're raising an army, but the, they've misnamed the enemy. Cause now we're just sending people, we're making people, not we, but there's like man hating rather than understanding the patriarchy within. Yes. And the patriarchy is, as you said, pattern rather than person. Yes. And of course, sometimes the patriarchy is in a person or in a system or in that pastor or in that whatever. Yeah, sure. That, that's part of None it. None of us are exempt. Yeah. But in, in understanding too, it, it serves no good fruit or purpose if we just swing all the other way and we never come back to the middle. If it was just a matriarchal culture, we're all, now we're missing this huge other chunk. So like, what is the way that we can right. come and sort of balance in the middle? No. Right. It just, it feels like we're on a, a reverse witch hunt now. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking for like conservative white mm-hmm. men to be the modern day witch. Right. Yes. And there are some that have no, I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway is like in the male class, some of them were like, I've perpetuated this system for a long yes. time, but I had no clue until this moment. And I was like, then, then allow that to be okay. Right. Allow. And, and, then when I say to them, I also perpetuated this system in my own work, in my own church job, in my own whatever, uh, for it to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then they see, and then we all see it. Oh, it is pattern. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's so fun. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would like, yeah, yeah. We're in a niche. We're in a very specific conversation right now. Um, tell me, <laughs> so let's, I want to zoom it back out yes. for a second. Um, wh- what is your favorite thing about the way you experience God right now? Oh, um, God, I love that question. So I come from a, a very uh, scared mindset. Like I was always anxious. I grew up anxious. I was anxious for a long time. Um, I've had so much EMDR in the past two years. I, I no longer consider myself an anxious person. I consider myself a person who occasionally experiences anxiety. So that's a new way of being. So what's fun about that is that anything I come into now spiritually feels as I found it from a healthy place, not an afraid place. 
And wow. that feels very light. And that's a new experience for me. Um, so my favorite thing um, is actually I've gotten into meditation um, and I've been doing it for a while, for a couple of years, but now I've just been doing it on my own. And one of the things I love to do in meditation is to focus very, very intently on a, on a particular of something. So if I'm going to do about my kids, if I want to meditate on my kids, goodness and health and all of those things, I'm going to zero in on something about them. That's very particular. So like my daughter's eyelashes or this and that, and, um, <laughs> to practice with my own awareness. So the, when I say awareness and like the infinite self, I'm talking about the person that's aware of me. Right. So it's like the person, if I were to sit in my chair and now zoom out, like on a drone and see me sitting in my chair, that awareness, that space between of my infinite self and my current self is my awareness piece. So in my meditation, I like to float in that awareness zone. So if I'm going to focus on my daughter's eyelashes, I practice then what do I see from her eyes? Um, if I'm on her eyelashes and she closes her eyes, what does my world look like? And this helps me develop empathy. It helps me understand who she is and what she sees, what her world is like. It helps me understand my energetic connection to her in a way that I could never through prayer because I found prayer in a state of anxiety, in a state of begging God to change a circumstance versus mm -hmm. a going deeper into the particulars in my life and finding all the goodness that is right there and knowing that that is enough. And that there's goodness there and it feels safe and it feels secure and it feels good. So, um, that's been huge for me. Um, and then recently Aurora on our team, she's gotten me into crystals and I, I don't know anything <laughs> about them. Right. I just think they're beautiful. So, um, sometimes, um, I have actually an overwhelming amount now. <laughs> I don't even know what they're called. Um, but again, this, the, and so I'll light a candle, um, which I have this whole ritual I do with a can. This is going to be way longer than you wanted it to be. A whole ritual I do <laughs> with the flame and this uh, belief that Kabbalah talks about, about how we are co-creators with the divine and how sort of the divine contracts and we get to expand in the creation. And so I made up this whole diagram about the flame. And then sometimes I sit with that. Um, but all of those things, what they really are is they replace ritual that I used to have. So I really miss ritual. I miss, we don't get to church anymore. So I miss sometimes the communion or the kneeling or this mm. and that, but those rituals have been hard for me to come back to because there is such a cloud of anxiety around them. So these are new rituals that I get to do, but as me, I don't have to even fully understand them in order for them to bring me mm. life and for them to point me to something that is bigger than me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, so I, I mean, part of what I hear even in that is, again, you've decentralized the fact that um, God is not accessible only in that church, in that building, on that street corner, but um, in the flame and in the eyelashes mm -hmm. and in my awareness and in my quiet. And yeah. In and God is not only accessible within these rules and this doctrine and mm -hmm. this theology, mm -hmm. which is my background right? Um, no, literally, you literally, that is your actual, actual degree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and job. <laughs> so to have, like in Kabbalah, there's this thing they talk about the entrances to holiness, 
that they're actually everywhere. But the bill mm -hmm. of goods that we've been taught is that it's only in this theology, this yep. doctrine, this voice, this church, that thing. And so to be able to expand that and go, oh, oh, I saw God here and I saw her there and experienced mm -hmm. her in this way has opened everything up for me and has actually allowed me to come back to things that were foundational for me, like the Bible and yes. read them with brand yes. new eyes and not with this mm. um, approval or, you know, referral that has always come in um, and instead be able to go, oh, what is this? Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it because it's, um, it's illusory, right? There's a sense of like, um, you get it. And that's actually what's crucial, yeah. mm -hmm. right? <laughs> now it, it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter if I get it as long as I get my own way yes. of being in spirit, yes. right? So people come to me, um, and sometimes it actually rarely do they experience God the way I do. Right. So my goal is never that you experience God the way I do and the divine that I do. Right. My goal is to help you figure out how you do. So what are your hangups? Mm -hmm. What are the things mm -hmm. that keep you from doing that? Um, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what's beautiful is that I use, because I was operating under a different way, I used to have only clients that operated the same way. But now I have all these sure. clients that are on all the ends of the spectrum, all different types of faith, yes. all different types of spirituality. And to help them grow into their own is such an right. honor and such a delight to mm -hmm. hold that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's masterful. It's beautiful. It yeah. is, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. Well, then it's also fun because it's like, excellent. What are we doing Amazing. today? Amazing. You yes. know? <laughs> yeah. like, I, have this one, I have this one client that's like, I was going to email you. I'm like, no, don't. I always want to hear like right, right when what? we get from you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So mm. it's, it's so fun. And to see too, um, I think you and I talk about this a lot, but, uh, it is such a different way than like a therapist session should go right. A spiritual direction it session is. gets to just flow. So oftentimes we'll start talking about spirituality. Then we'll venture into talking about their dogs. And then somehow we're talking about trees and this book we read and that soup we had, and then it all made sense. And it was connected, right? It's like, yeah, and that's the fun of it. And that's how we actually begin yes. to like live in our real life. Well, cause that's where we actually are. Yeah. Right. Like this is I mean, so the parts of the conversation we have is, um, when we approach therapy from a therapeutic perspective, then it can only exist in a therapeutic room from a therapeutic perspective. Mm -hmm. And so when we approach our sessions conversationally, uh, realistically with like real human words and language uh, and things that we actually engage in like soup and books and dogs and trees, <laughs> then it's accessible to me always. And not only because I was in therapy for 50 yes, minutes. Yes, exactly. So. I get to move into my life. Like one of the best descriptions I heard is like, it's like diving into a pool, right? You go into the pool and you're in your session and you're in the flow and you're swimming and you're whatever. When you get out, you take some of it with you and it absorbs into your skin. Um, and you keep going, but it's become a part of you. It's reoriented the okay. way you live. And then the next time you go back in the pool, it happens all over again. It's this cumulative effect. Mm. Um, but and that's totally. actually part of the patriarchy, right? Like the, the patriarchal structure mm -hmm. says that divine encounters and holy encounters can only happen elsewhere. It's a tra it's only transcendent. 
it's at that retreat in that monk thing away from the drudgery of the day-to-day -day of life. Sacred feminine approach and divine feminine approach says, no, 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 it's actually in all of those day-to-day -day things. It's in the entrances are everywhere. So yeah. not only can you experience it, you actually almost can more. You just have to be aware mm -hmm. enough to see it. Mm. So the, the work is then opening our awareness to see it and to see all the signals mm -hmm. in our day to day. It's so true. Yeah. There's a moment I actually had last night um, when you had, you had talked today about um, kind of missing some of the ritual. Yeah. There, there was, there's a, the San Juan mission is close to our home and there's this, the new Basilica has the most unbelievable like gold wall. I mean, the whole wall is mm. gold. And um, I didn't grow up in a, um, we grew up in a Jewish family. I didn't grow up with um, Catholicism or Christianity or anything and was brought to a church in high school, a Christian church. But I liked the specialness of this gold wall in the new basilica at the mission yeah. because there was something that clearly said this is special yeah. <laughs> <It's different>. <laughs> you <laughs> know things happen here that are golden yeah. and a bit of that is lost in like non-denominational like smoke machine churches mm -hmm. that like focus on worship experiences and so uh yeah i think right <laughs> okay that's a, that's a, that's a different topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i liked to go in and I just, I would think all the time, like there's something being communicated mm. to me about the sacredness of a space and the whole wall is gold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I, and I just, it's not, I think about that wall often in meditation or whatnot of, of this reminder of something so visually, um, even expensive. Like there's all, there's all these things that it's communicating to me about this. And last night I'm brushing Eden's hair. And there's glitter in her scalp. Oh. Like I, and I'm brushing her hair and I'm, I'm parting it to braid it. And all of a sudden there's glitter in her scalp. And the first image that comes to my mind is the gold oh. ball. And I'm like, it's, it's, I yeah. mean, that's right, it's here. right here. And it, this is the sacred. Mm -hmm. In the particular, yeah. in the part of my daughter's hair is the gold. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. And it's the particular and it's the universal. It's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The whole mm -hmm. thing. It, and it's why brushing her hair is sacrament. Yes. Everything ha has returned, mm -hmm. right? Yep. To sit and to see and to weave. I was just going to say, and to weave into that new story. That one that you didn't tell that that wasn't told to you that didn't include the gold, right. right? It's the, it's the weaving in, it's the combining, it's the ancestral and the future. Oh, that's so beautiful. Every day now you're going to go and just sprinkle some gold yeah. on her hair. Well, I was going to say why there's glitter in her scalp is also a different story. However, <laughs> I was just glad I found it in that. How one. long it's been there. I don't know, but I believe it was for me to see, to remember the gold wall, to know that it everything was. is holy. It yeah. was, it yeah. was because you could have yeah. seen it anytime. You could have seen it 
like oh, yeah. just looking down, glancing, right? And and she just showered, right? So it's it was it wasn't yes. washed out. It was, I mean, there's so much you could do. And then even go and like mm. you are spend time in picturing yourself that you are the glitter. What is it like mm. to sit on her crown? What is it like to see the sun shine down on her? Right. And then could that happen to me? Could I have the crown? Could the sun be glistening off of that part of me? It's just, I just see so much like yeah, matrilineal mm -hmm. um, heritage there. Cause I was thinking if, if as the glitter, then I would see me smiling at my daughter's mm -hmm. at her yes. hair. Right. And then, and then if it's mine, then who's smiling and you know, who's brushed my hair yeah. and so forth and so on and how far back that goes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ugh. And you're wearing a braid right now. I mean, Elise. Hey girl. <laughs> and the beauty of, but I do that to me, right? Like I, there's a part of me that I well, weave in my own, That's my right. own glitter, my own gold. I do. We get, mm, yeah, we get to. Okay. I want to have endless conversations with you. Um, and we do. Well, we, yeah, well, we do. We just need to record everything. Um, any last thoughts for people listening? Invitation? Um, anything? You're like, hey, I, I wish if people are listening, I'd like them, for them to also hear this today. I think I just, I think the ongoing invitation I want for everybody, right, is that um, there's always we live in a space of infinite possibility. And I think what's often happened is with spirituality, with religion, it's like, I became disillusioned with that, or it, that didn't serve me or it didn't come true or it didn't. And, you know, I was talking to somebody who goes through AA and she was saying everybody that does, we always have our connection to spirit because it's, it's in everything. Like there's this, a sense of something. Yeah. Power. Even yeah. if it's energy, even if it's, and so, um, I want people to be able to approach their spiritual lives, whatever that may be with a sense of possibility. Um, we get trapped in either or thinking it's either this or it's that. Right. Um, and that's not actually <laughs> a choice. That's an ultimatum. That's not anything. <laughs> and so if we can approach spirituality, from a place of abundance instead of scarcity, we have the ability to find true, actual joy, success, goodness in everything that we do. And that is the biggest gift. I think that all this work has given to me and others. So I want everyone to feel the freedom and the courage, or even the curiosity of what would it be yeah. if I could expand it? What would it be to throw that stone into the pond? and let it stir up everything on the bottom and rise to the surface and what would ripple. It's perfect. Thanks. Thank for you. Okay. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It is such a treat for me to get to introduce you to the, some of the women on my team and the conversations that we are having and that you become a part of as you listen and as you run it through your own story, experiences, ideas, creativity. We'd love to know what you think. Feel free to reach out to us at any time. Uh, we'd love to help you get started in whatever way serves you wherever you are right now. 
So you can check everything out that we're doing at www.radicalwellness.co. That's just C-O. Okay, have the best week. Cheers.